Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Turnbuckle Training. Introducing first your longtime fan, short time podcaster, and former fantasy wrestling hardcore champion, Broken Peyton Green. And his tag team partner making his debut in the wacky world of fighting fools, Zach Brother Nero Barlow. I think in the course of this, we need to discover who our broken personalities are. I agree. Which member of the Hardy gang are you? Tag yourself. No, no, no. no. I, I'm saying we got to create our own broken personas. Oh, okay. I'm for that as well. But also, if I had to tag myself, I'd be Vanguard 1. He's my favorite. Uh, I'd, be, uh, I'd be Senior Benjamin myself. Nice, nice. Because he, uh, he has that dry wit. Uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, you will soon, shortly. This is a show for longtime wrestling fans and rookies alike. We're going to take you through some of the biggest shows, matches, and rivalries in wrestling history, or at least whatever I feel like talking about. And if you know nothing about wrestling, and you're sitting there and you're saying, well, I don't know a damn darn thing about these big old boys and their moves and power bombs, well, don't worry. As you'll soon find out, I don't either. So, Peyton, what are we going to be talking about today? It's the Broken Hardys. Delightful! <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, it's one of the weirdest gimmicks that has come out in, maybe ever, but definitely within like the past five years. But also, the most brilliant, I think... Yeah, uh, you know, it's like a it's so bad it's good, but also so good that it's just good. That's the thing. So this is sort of almost a Matt Hardy part 2 of of Matt Hardy's career renaissance. Well, you know, he went by, you know, Matt Hardy version 1 for a while. So this is like Matt Hardy version 2 for sure. <laughs> um and uh you know, sometimes on this show, Peyton, I think we have episodes that are a little bit more heavy hitting and we have episodes that cover more more dramatic topics or or tragic things this is not one of those yeah this is gonna be fun just fun to talk about because it's really not about the wrestling so much as it's about this fucking wacky storyline that i don't think anyone truly understands uh very various aspects of it but uh we'll uh we'll try to unlock it it is uh, possibly my favorite wrestling storyline of all time. If you haven't seen anything from the Broken Hardys, go check it out. Um, it's definitely the best, like, original TNA thing that's ever happened, I think. Yeah, um, I haven't seen enough TNA to dispute that, but I think you're probably right. Yeah, uh, it's... It's it's hard to believe that this is something that originated in TNA, and that it's something that WWE directly took. There's so much stuff in here that looks like I'm watching TNA Impact, but it's in WWE. You know, usually WWE would try to distance themselves from TNA, but they straight up take all that shit, so... Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, and we'll talk about that more uh, in that part of the show, but yeah, they, they just lifted it directly. 
So Matt Hardy is uh, uh Jeff Hardy is going to leave uh, WWE in uh, around uh, 2010. Uh, Matt Hardy is going to leave not too not too soon afterwards. Um, and then they end up going to TNA for a while. Matt Hardy first. Um, they do some teaming up. They do some more feuding. Uh, they eventually get into a lot of substance abuse stuff. Uh, Matt Hardy ends up getting fired from TNA for a DUI. Um, Matt, uh, Jeff Hardy has a horrifying performance at one of TNA's events, Victory Road, uh, that we may talk about at some point, but... Basically, Jeff is drugged out of his mind before the main event against Sting. And they make him do the match anyway, uh, just so Sting can hit him with a DDT and pin him immediately. Uh, in which, in an event which the fans boo and Sting verbally apologizes for as he's walking to the back. And the show oh my ends, God. like, several minutes early. Yeah, it was not a... Uh, not a ha- not a pretty sight there. But they still uh, but let him back. Eventually, they both get clean. They clean up their act, uh, and they come back to TNA in 2014. Um, they reunite the Hardys for a while. Um, but eventually, as always happens with brothers, you know, brothers, you know, they love hard and they fight hard, as my mom would always say. And, uh, yeah, they end up uh, feuding. Um, after a little while, when Matt Hardy accuses Jeff of costing him the World Heavyweight Championship and then costing him the Tag Team Championships. So, uh, yeah, they end up uh, in this bit of a feud, which uh, culminates in this I Quit match that they're going to have here that we're going to talk about. Um, so in, in this match, uh, you know, Matt Hardy is still just normal old you know, this is Matt Hardy classic we're talking about right here. Right, uh, right. And and yeah, we're uh we're going to get to see the we've seen these guys wrestle a lot uh over the years. Uh they've never had any particularly great matches. Uh they had some okay ones when they were kind of towards the end of their last run in WWE. Um it almost makes me think of uh like Undertaker and Kane matches brothers just shouldn't fight well you say that but then they end up having these absolute fucking gems okay you're yeah you're correct so uh this goes down on an episode of impact one interesting thing about this is that all of this stuff that we're gonna be talking about today all happens on tv it all it's all for free you know all this stuff is not going down at pay-per-views this is happening on free tv which I think was a smart strategy by TNA uh, to get people watching their their show. I yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's an I Quit match on Impact in April 2016. Uh, this is a, p- a period in time where Impact is kind of not doing so hot. Uh, you know, they've already they're already losing some of their big stars uh, who are jumping ship to Ring of Honor and to into WWE because uh, they're not being paid very well, or sometimes not at all. Uh, oh, man. So TNA is trying to reinvent themselves. I believe they're under the leadership of Billy Corgan at this point. Yes, I do believe this is this is close to 
when uh, Billy Corgan jumped on board, which we get a little nod to him later that I'm going to point out when we get you to You know, it. I don't know why I, that didn't, now I realize it, but I don't know why that did not jump out to me. <laughs> uh, it jumped out to me that they were playing Smashing Pumpkins, but it, I forgot that Billy Corgan was involved in TNA. Um, so we get the two brothers coming out. The announcers are talking about that Matt Hardy has been burying Jeff on Twitter, calling him a Benedict Arnold in a turncoat. Um, and we start off with them countering moves back and forth, and then they do some submission wrestling, which I noticed you put here that you hate submission wrestling, but let me say this about an I Quit match. It makes sense that they do submission moves, and it always bugs me that in an I Quit match, the first thing they go for is not a submission move. Okay, yeah, the only thing that bothers me about it is just that, like, submission moves are not visually interesting, because it's just, like, two people laying on the mat for way too long, just, like, screaming, and you're like, I know you're not really in pain. Well, okay, fair enough. But sometimes I think it can work. You know, when someone is, like, in agonizing pain and all they can do, they're trying to fight to get to the ropes, and they finally have to give in and tap out. That's good shit, my man. Yeah, I mean, it can be. I just didn't really like its usage here as, like, let's hold up this whole match with a big submission segment, you know? Okay, fine. Um... I don't know if we've really talked about an I Quit match on this show, but for our viewers that don't know what it is, it is literally where the object is to beat your opponent up until they say that they quit. So it often Um, means the referee running around with a mic and shoving it in their faces and being like, do you quit? And then being like, no! I do like uh, Jeff's sort of get-up here. He doesn't look like a... Waluigi anymore, so you know I'm a fan of that. His costume choices in this. Would you say that that makes Matt Wario? Absolutely, I would. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. And then I, I suppose that Edge and Christian are more like uh, Mario and Luigi. Then. Yeah, you know, actually, exactly like Mario and Luigi. And, you know, as we know, Mario stole Mario's girlfriend. Yeah, of course. Um, Eventually, we're going to go to the outside. Oh, I did want to mention some dude named Spud comes in and and gets powerbombed by Jeff. Uh, I don't really know what that's about. Obviously, he's a friend of Matt Hardy, and his name is Potato. Yeah, I do really like that his name is Potato. Um... And so eventually we go into the uh, onto the outside. We go into the crowd. Um, uh, a really cool moment that I liked was Jeff tries to use a chair to jump into the crowd onto Matt Hardy, but Matt grabs another chair and just throws it into his face. Yeah, it's pretty sick. Um, I do he... love how like you know the Hardys, even if it's not a ladder match. Our tables, ladders, and chairs match, it becomes one. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen some other matches that there's always a ladder that, that comes out, even in, in like a regular hardcore match. I have to say, and I think something through this whole thing is, I think the reason this is so good is because they're brothers, and they're really brothers. You know, it's not like the Dudleys, but they're actual brothers. And so I think that... 
some of the reason why this is so good is because they've been doing this their whole lives. You know, right? That right. whole like ring set up in their backyard—that's real because that's what they fucking did as kids. They wrestled each other in their backyard. They started their own wrestling league called Omega, where they had their own championships and shit, and they <laughs> trained there. That is awesome. And they trained some other guys like Hurricane. Uh, so yeah, no, like this is something that's definitely. Not foreign to them. So, I, you know, I bet they have a fun time when they're wrestling. But also, how fucking, like, rad is it that, like, these two actual brothers are throwing chairs at each other's faces? Yeah, for sure. A- absolutely, man. I think that um, there's a level of comfortability there, too, that lets them do some crazy stuff, you know? Have you ever thrown a chair at your brother's face? Not sure about a chair. Other things, yes. Yeah, I, uh, I I put my brother through a table once. I uh, I swantoned him off a ladder. Nice, nice. Yeah, now, the thing with Seth is that I definitely have lit his sleeve on fire at one point or another. Um, just like in wrestling. Just just like in wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Garrett likes to put me in the figure four leg lock. Um, mm. it's that's his his favorite his favorite move. Yeah, Seth likes and to bury me alive. <laughs> he likes to he likes to do the woo with it too. <laughs> I'm actually not kidding. My brother has actually put me in a figure four leg lock and wooed like Ric Flair while doing it. Okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, so we're gonna go into this backstage. Or like production area, which they keep talking about in this very weird way, where they're like, you know, this is part of our our uh, our set that the fans don't normally see, uh, and it's like, okay, well, you managed to light it well enough for us to see that. No, well, we promise, we promise, it's not part of the real, actual what's supposed to be going on. It's not. Yeah. Believe us. Yeah, uh, Matt's beating Jeff with like a light. Uh, he shoves a chair into his throat and he's screaming quit at him. Uh, there's like this staircase here that they start fighting on and Jeff actually slides down the handrail at one point and, and just comes crashing down onto Matt with a, with a chair. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Which I thought was cool. Yeah, no, I love the, uh... Out of ring fighting here. I usually don't really like out of ring fighting, but when you're actually doing something with the environment, it's very fun. Yeah, uh, Matt hits a side effect on like a like a guardrail that he's got like bridged and uh, and it bends. Yeah, uh, that was awesome because he lays him down on this guardrail bed essentially, and then smashes him through it. Um. Jeff gets Matt in a sleeper hold on top of a table and apparently knocks him out and the referee's ready to end it, which, uh, that's not fucking how it works. And Jeff has to remind him of how an I quit match works and says it's not over till Matt says he quits. Uh, yeah, but the it's not over till he says he I quit is a pretty cool line when he's already oh, got him sure. basically defeated at that point. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna break him. He's going to break him. 
Uh, Jeff starts climbing up that ladder, but he's like, you know what? This isn't high enough. So he climbs up the production stairs and does a swanton bomb through Matt and the table, and the announcers are freaking out. I will say, they're freaking out as if Jeff Hardy doesn't jump off something tall every time. Yeah, yeah, it is sort of the thing that he's known for. I have to say, the probably Jeff's like biggest dive I was in the audience for live. I always love to brag about this. Uh, really? But for wrestling fans out there who remember this, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it was a match between Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton, and Jeff climbed up the entire Raw stage. Like, you know, like the big Raw screen? He fucking climbed up on top of that shit. Whoa. And, and did a swanton off of that. Yo, that is nuts. It was like fucking a hundred feet in the air. You know what I just thought about? Wrestling is like the only thing. Everything else that tours, pretty much, you see the same show in every city. Wrestling's like the only thing that is like a different experience every time. Yeah. And you, you have to account for, you know, live event, like house shows that don't even go on the air. And they do... They do, like, wild stuff there that they can't do on TV. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to get a different experience every time. Um, so, the the medics come out, and I like what you said here. Oh, um, yeah, that, uh, you know, oftentimes we just get this brief paramedic reality show in the middle of these matches. Um... It's it, it's every time, too, that someone is quote-unquote injured that we have, like, just five minutes of people putting somebody onto a stretcher and talking to each other about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're really selling this as though it's super real. Uh, Matt's wife, Rebby Sky, comes out there, and uh, Matt gets put on a stretcher and taken out. So I guess he, he didn't lose... Because he did never say he quit. That's a good point. He sort of did a hornswoggle in the Royal Rumble situation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess if he just is, like, injured to the point of he cannot speak, then, you know, he can't really continue to have a match. So, um, we don't really hear from Matt for a couple of weeks, and then... Uh, two weeks later, he does this little segment where he's in the dark part of an arena wearing a hoodie, and he talks about how Jeff broke him and nearly ended his wrestling career. He doesn't really sound like full-fledged Broken Matt here, but he is, you know, a little bit disturbed. Yeah, no, I, I do like, though, that this video sort of harkens back to Matt Hardy's DIY internet stuff. Um, cause the, it kind of looks like it could be, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, and I think that maybe is what it's a callback to. Um, so in the meantime, uh, Jeff Hardy's alter ego, Willow, starts attacking him. And Willow is just, uh, uh I'll let you describe Willow. Uh, Willow looks like a mix between the Penguin and Sauron, uh, and it's just this black body morph suit dude that wears this weird mask thing. Um, I 
in seeing this match and knowing nothing about Willow was very confused because usually when someone refers to someone's like alter ego, they mean uh, another personality that person does, like you know Mankind or Cactus Jack with McFoley. Um, here it's a physical person that runs around in a morph suit and a mask. So I, well. That I, is I really what it, understand it how it works. Is, Jeff Hardy normally would wrestle as Willow, like, ah. as, like it's, but it's it's like his alter ego showed up, and it's like what the fuck. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Also of note is that Willow's voice is like this squeaky, high pitched robot voice, which I really do like. It's super goofy, and I don't know. Every time Jeff Hardy talks, and that's that thick accent comes through and like he doesn't really emote well so i i think it's cool that he he also has this character yeah yeah jeff's never matt has always been known as the one who's better on the mic for sure yeah um so on impact jeff hardy is going to confront willow um and Jeff is doing some weird voice work here, also, uh, where he does that weird laughter uh, <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. Which um, you wouldn't be think. I guess it's a it's a robot thing that they're doing to his voice because you wouldn't think his voice could go that high. Yeah, who knows? Um, and Jeff says the whatever Willow. Is trying to do won't work. The only Willow in this world lives inside his imagination. Okay. And this is only the beginning of the weirdness. Yeah, it gets much weirder. Um. He keeps calling the crowd creatures. He does some weird rhyme, and then he starts beating up Willow. A ref comes into the ring and rings the bell, so I guess this is a match, but Jeff... Hits a twist of fate and ends it in, like, less than a minute. Yeah, uh, it's very fast. And Jeff is trying to take the mask off of Willow, but another Willow attacks him from behind. And then a third Willow comes to the ring and says he's going to give the answers. This just made me think of Kingdom Hearts, where there's, like, 70 damn Xehanorts. I don't know Kingdom Hearts well enough, but someone I'll take listening will get it. that reference, and they will they'll do a little giggle. I bet. Good, good. I love I love it when people do a giggle at our show. Um, so the 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 Willows are restraining Dreff as the third Willow takes off his mask and reveals himself to be Matt Hardy, who now has that iconic long white streak in his hair. I knew one of these Willows was going to be Matt Hardy, but I definitely thought it was going to be Willow number two, because Willow number one was a little too scrawny to be Matt. Number two looked about right, but then number three had dreads, and I was like, Matt Hardy doesn't have dreads, but then when he took the mask off, the dreads were a part of the mask, and I was like, "Mm, you got me. Oh, man, you got got, my man. Um, Matt says that Jeff loved Willow more than he loved him. He calls him Brother Nero now, uh, which he's named Nero because Nero is Jeff Hardy's middle name. Uh, Yeah, I was confused about that for a very long time. I didn't realize that until today. Yeah, it just sounds like a weird name, huh? It does, it does. 
Um, Matt says that Jeff's mistake was that he didn't finish him, and instead he just left him broken. Uh, Jeff tries to get free, but the Willows attack him, and Matt Hardy says, Matt Hardy will not die, but I will not rest until you meet your personal Armageddon. And and I, I forget, because if you haven't seen this, if you don't know Matt, Broken Matt Hardy, he talks in a strange accent. Yeah, he does. It's... You can't quite... It's not like he's doing any particular accent. It's just, um... I don't know. Peyton, could you give could you give a line sort of in his cadence? Oh, shit. Okay. Let's, let's see that last line. Matt Hardy will not die, but I will not rest until you meet your personal Armageddon. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, he just pronounces things weird for no reason... And it's an odd choice, but I don't know. It fucking makes it, my man. It does. The, it absolutely, it absolutely does. So, you know, a lot of the time I talk about how I wish Attitude Era storytelling was still around, and I think this is almost an example of that. Yeah. And I think uh, one funny thing that Matt does that we don't really hear him do here, but he would take some shots at WWE, and he would always say, he would call... He would call Vince, he would call him Meek Mahan, and he would call Triple H the man with three H's. <laughs> um, so Matt chokes out Jeff in a sleeper hold. He says everything ends, even the indestructible Jeff Hardy. He, Matt also now looks like Beetlejuice. He does kind of look Beetlejuice-esque, doesn't he, huh? Yeah. Um, so we're going to go to the contract signing for their big, infamous match, the final deletion. So, they start really breaking the mold on traditional, like, wrestling storytelling. It's hard to really, you know, give this justice. But basically, what we're going to see from here on out is they're not going to be in the ring. They're not going to be filmed by the studio cameras. All this shit is going to be filmed like it's a goddamn, like, documentary of them just, like, in at the Hardy compound, which is, I guess, their ranch that they share with, like, Matt has a house and Jeff has a house. Yeah, I suppose. I, it's just this big sort of uh, plot of land that looks super fun. Um, but, yeah, no, it, so... Everything from here on out is is beautifully shot and masterfully edited together. Yes, uh, we we are watching a a show. We are watching a a a uh, a, a soap opera at this point, and it's great. Yes. So uh, we're at Matt Hardy's home. He's fully broken, using the strange accent. Jeff, on the other hand, is riding his motorcycle from his house to Matt's. Matt's uh, wife, Rebby, comes out with uh, their 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 baby son, Maxel. I wrote Maxwell, but I, I found out it was actually Maxel. Ah. Uh, Rebby is upset. She says she can't deal with this anymore and tells Jeff to, to get through to Matt because he's acting like a crazy person. Matt is playing a piano. Uh, we're going to find out that Matt Hardy apparently, that both Hardys apparently are very, uh, are, are very musically talented, yes. apparently. We see them play a lot of instruments here. 
Um, and apparently Jeff Hardy can be summoned with a violin, but that's later. Jeff shows up, and uh, Matt says, Jeff, I knew you'd come. Honestly, I don't know if he says it here. I just assume that he does. Um, and Matt is saying that he tells Jeff that everything Jeff has was paid for by Matt's brilliance. Basically, you know, Matt is uh, is the smart one, the money maker. Jeff says that's not true. You know, that the toys my kids play with, I earned. Uh, Matt says this isn't the appropriate place to handle this, and so he follows them to the place where this all began. Uh, or, as he says, the sanctuary of our genesis. Yes. Um, they go to some sort of barn or warehouse <laughs> thing with a ring in it. Matt is in the ring. Jeff tries to get into the ring, too, but Matt rolls out of the ring very clumsily. Jeff says, let's do it right now, but this is all a distraction for Rebby Hardy to come in. And she throws baby Maxwell at Jeff, and he's like, what the fuck? And he catches it, but it's actually just a baby doll. So Matt smashes Jeff in the back of the head with a glass that he totally didn't have just two seconds ago. (laughs) And then he hits him with a side effect through this very antique-looking, like, round table in slow motion. And he says, Brother Nero, it's over. (laughs) The baby doll spot is so funny to me. Uh, Just, it's super goofy. I, I, it's, this is setting the tone for what is to come. And I like, when I was looking at this, uh, the top YouTube comment on this video was, so Jeff gets off drugs and Matt starts doing them. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's, uh, I bet this is very fun to watch on drugs. Probably so. You know, though, this reminds me weirdly of, like, home movies me and my brother used to make. And I have to wonder if that's sort of... Matt and Jeff's inspiration for doing Probably. some of this. And here's the thing. This was a very much a their creation. You know, I say I give a lot of credit to TNA, but I can't really give much credit to TNA other than just just saying yes to it. Right, Although right. I do give them credit for that because if someone came up to me and said all this shit, I'd be like, all right, uh, I guess it's time to send you back to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, no, this is this is a Matt and Jeff Hardy creation and i like that they got their whole fucking family involved in it too yes Uh, because senior benjamin uh who a lot of people didn't know this until very recently when rebby hardy was complaining on twitter about uh not being paid for this stuff uh, oh really senior benjamin is actually her dad ah okay cool so senior benjamin is uh matt hardy's father-in-law that is is very fun yeah, uh, and not something that I think anybody knew. That honestly. does suck that they didn't get paid, though. Yeah, well, I mean, TNA barely paid their wrestlers, so... Mm. Um, so, we're gonna go to the final deletion, which is... This, I was not really keeping up with wrestling when this came out, but I had to watch this because I heard everyone was talking about it. Uh, there was this, like, wrestling YouTube series I watched where they did, like, a watch-along... Um, uh, apparently the WWE locker room gathered around a laptop to watch this because they heard about it. That uh, is amazing. A lot of wrestlers gave it a lot of high praise, like Lance Storm loved it, and Lance Storm is 
a very like dry like he's known as being like the like most boring guy ever. I mean, he's a good <laughs> wrestler, but like he has a very boring personality. Uh and he loved this. So nice. I mean, you can't not love the final deletion. And if that's one thing that you guys take away from this, it's that you should go to YouTube and watch the final deletion if you watch nothing else that we talk about. It's uh, it's the room of wrestling matches. <laughs> but also better. Yeah, I mean, and more intentional. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Um... So we go to the final deletion. It starts out with, and again, this is all airing on Impact. You know, this is just an event that's on Impact. Um, so it's a birthday party for Maxwell, who's turning one today, and they've given him Matt's hair. <laughs> um, Senior Benjamin, who, as I mentioned, is actually Rebby's dad, but well, here is just like their groundskeeper. You're actually not saying uh, Maxwell's full name. What is? Oh wait, what is Maxwell's full name? King Maxwell. Oh, sorry, my my bad. King Maxwell. Um, Senior Benjamin uh, presents them with a gift, and uh, Re- Rebby is asking in Spanish if Matt is is sick, or Senior Benjamin asks if Matt is sick. Rebby says no. Uh, Matt opens the present and goes, "Delightful." It's an extraordinary xylophone. Yeah, it's like one of those little, like, xylophones that you give, like, a baby. It's like a baby toy. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's for a baby. Yeah. I just love, I, I love it so much. Um, Rebby asks Matt where his gift to Maxwell is, and Matt says his gift is expunging Jeff. And he says that Matt's, Maxwell's birthday candle will burn for eternity and will only extinguish when Brother Nero is truly deleted. So, wait, is he saying that he's going to lose? Wait, Because if it's going to burn for eternity and will only oh, extinguish when Brother yeah. Nero is deleted, so I guess that means he's not going to be deleted. You know what? That's a good point. You just found a, one of what I'm sure is one of the only continuity errors in the final deletion. <laughs> um, Matt tells Senior Benjamin to prepare the battlefield for massacre. We cut to Jeff making crop circles. Yeah, um, no, I love this. is super goofy. Jeff's riding around on his lawnmower, cutting like um, tribal tattoo patterns into his grass. It, it's it's the Hardy symbol. Ah, you know, it's what they put in the air in Gotham City when they need the Hardys. <laughs> Um, Jeff goes inside and starts playing a guitar when a drone shows up called the Vanguard One, uh, and somehow it's able to ring the doorbell. Well, okay, Vanguard One can do many things, Peyton, and I think that ringing doorbells is the least of the the wild shit that Vanguard One gets up to. It doesn't have hands! How can it ring a doorbell? It also talks! That's true, it does say, Brother Nero! No, but also later... It talks like R2-D2. Does it? Yeah, but we're not there yet. I'll I'll talk about uh, it when we get okay. there. Okay. See, there's so much going on here, I couldn't even remember everything. Yeah, no, it's seriously like looking at some kind of avant-garde performance, and it's hard to take all of it in. For sure. So, now drones are just infiltrating his house. Vanguard 2, 3, 4, 5 through 19 are coming in here. Jeff is fighting them off with his guitar. This is 
has this tiny little... Okay, you can tell Vanguard 1 is a real drone that I've seen sold at Best Buy. But the other Vanguards appear to be, like, tiny little remote control helicopter-type things, from what yeah, I can af- tell. After after uh, Matt Hardy, or after Jeff Hardy gets done with these drones, you need the Geek Squad, for sure. Yeah! <laughs> but it's just sitting there swatting these tiny little drones out of the air, and it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Imagine Matt Hardy, Broken Matt, going to Best Buy and buying these drones. He's like, <laughs> I would like to purchase one of your... Aerial assault robots, <laughs> um, which is what he calls the drones. Um, Matt Hardy, a hologram of him, shows up in one of these drones, and he tells him to prepare for the final deletion, where he will beat him for the rights to the Hardy name. I think that's something that gets lost in here. This match is apparently over who can be named their name. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, you might feel like at some point during this that we're skipping uh, important plot. Like, why is Matt Hardy saying delete all the time? Why is he talking about the final deletion? And here's the thing. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, deleting I, I is like he just wants to get rid of Jeff Hardy. From, I, he wants to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, he does. take his name and make him not be a Hardy anymore. <laughs> Which is not, like, I mean, like, there have been plenty of other legal stipulations to wrestling matches before, so it's not that wild. Yeah. And I suppose every wrestling match is kind of someone trying to kill the other, just not succeeding. <laughs> I mean, like, what what the fuck is, like, a, is a Hell in a Cell or an I Quit match, if not an, a, an attempt to murder? <laughs> Um, so, Jeff takes off on his motorcycle. Meanwhile, Matt just destroys Jeff's yard with a lawnmower. Yes, because he's distracted him, and it allows Matt to then ride through Jeff's patterned yard on a lawnmower and destroy it. Um, we'll cut to Senior Benjamin preparing the battlefield by putting the ring together, bringing weapons and fireworks. Okay, so... Why do they have a ring inside if they're just going to put set up a ring outside? Well, because the the dilapid or no the deletion dome, um, is separate from the the ring outside. You know, you need both. Mm, yeah. Um. I okay. Here's what they need to do. The next WWE game has to have the Hardy compound as an arena. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Or you it know what? Because they always, to. like, in the past have struggled with story mode stuff. Just make the story mode the final deletion plot. Please. I mean, they couldn't really do it because it's a TNA thing, but please. <laughs> god damn, it would be so good. TNA, break into the video game biz. Well, they did have a video game. TNA did. It was a fucking nightmare of a game. Oh, I imagine so. Um, it did have a story mode, which they then brought into a real-life storyline that was about a guy in Mexico who got beat up so bad that he had to wear a costume to hide his ugly face. It oh, was, my God. It was stupid. <laughs> that sounds um, amazing. Yeah, and, like, you fucking... Oh, it was... It, it was... It was... It was hot garbage, for sure. Um... 
But it's why they only made one game. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, Senior Benjamin is putting together a ring. He's putting weapons and fireworks under the ring. Rebby asks what he's doing, and he just, like, point blank is like, I'm preparing the battlefield for massacre. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. And it's in Spanish, which, like, you you think would like make the make the humor get lost, but it doesn't. And in fact, I think it makes it better. Yeah, because no, absolutely. Tone, hey, I gotta give something to Senior Benjamin. He's fucking great. He is a great actor. He is. He's possibly the best actor in all. Now of this. I have to ask you something. Okay. Kill fuck Mary, Rebby Hardy, Senior Benjamin, Vanguard One. Oh. I think I'm going to have to... Mm, this is tough. I'm going to have to marry Vanguard 1, because it will protect me for my entire life. Fair. Um, I'm going to have to... Okay. Here's the thing. I'm going to have to fuck Senior Benjamin. Here's why. <laughs> if I try to kill Senior Benjamin, he's just going to tase me, man. Yeah, he, he will... Senior Benjamin will not die. No, he won't. And um, I guess you're you're killing Rebby, huh? Uh, unfortunately, that is the last... I, I don't really want to kill her, but I have no choice. Yeah. I mean, if you left her alive, she would probably just post angry things about you on Twitter. Probably so. Um, so... Matt brings a can of gasoline and tells Benjamin to spread it generously on the battlefield. So he is going to try to kill Jeff. <laughs> um, you know, you got to love it when gasoline gets involved in in a wrestling match. Yes, absolutely. Or lighter fluid. Um, so it's nighttime now and a ref is driving out to the Hardy compound and says what we're all thinking. What is that? <laughs> um, the ref comes out and Matt says he's the man he saw in his premonition. And he says, are you a licensed official? <laughs> I mean, I feel like you would have seen this guy in TNA. Uh, and if he's the guy he, you saw in, in your pre- premonition, then wouldn't that mean he is a licensed official? But I do also like that Im- that, that implies that no one called this ref. That this ref just had an urge to go somewhere like he's in Close Encounters of the Third Kind and just showed up. <laughs> well, it almost seems it almost kind of seems that way. It seems like he stumbled upon it on accident. <laughs> um. Uh, so he tells the ref to count the pin or record the submission, but not to resuscitate Jeff. <laughs> um, and then this is when Matt just starts playing a violin to summon Jeff Hardy. <laughs> So does that mean if I if I play a violin like that, I will summon Jeff? I think so. I think if anyone plays the violin really badly in the middle of a wrestling ring, Jeff Hardy just sort of materializes. It, okay, to say that he's playing a violin does not really do it justice. He's playing it like a madman, which, I mean, is what his gimmick is. But, I mean, he's, like, doing that whole, like, v- like he's playing it violently. Yes, yes, he not is. Not violently. Um... So, Jeff shows up. The Hardys get it on in this very shoddily constructed ring in their backyard that's lit by tiki torches. The music, the cinematography here is incredible. We, like, start playing, like, dramatic music whenever, the, like, it looks like one of them's about to win. Uh, they they play, uh, 
the they slow it down for big moves. Everything about it is like it's that's the that's why this is so good because it's something you you no one has ever done before, and that is rare in wrestling. Yeah, to absolutely. Do something that no one has done before, and I love I love this kind of format, and I kind of wish we would see it more. Which I mean, hey, we might after this, but um. Where, like, you're really taking your time to shoot it and, and edit it and make it look good and uh, and make it I just mean, really visually interesting. It definitely doesn't work for a live crowd. Like, I mean, like, I'm sure the live crowd watching this was like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, that is the only Which problem. Which I did as well, but, like, if you're, if you're in the crowd for this, you're just looking at a video screen play this. Right, so. right. That is the big, that is the big drawback. But um, I do also think that, like, this could have gone wrong in so many ways. And this is where I do think TNA has to be um, sort of propped up and and uh, given, given credit. And that is like, okay, they're shooting this at night. It's lit by tiki torches. This very well could have been some visual nightmare where you can't tell what's going on. But the expertise of the cameraman recording it and the people really behind that um, are are making this work very well. They, I don't know their names, but they are unsung heroes for whoever whoever shot and edited this masterpiece. Yeah, they are they are the real the real heroes here because you're right. This would not have worked if it didn't look the way it did. But I mean, I do imagine that. Maybe, and this is pure speculation on my part, Billy Corgan was a little bit more in that boat because as, you know, I coming wonder if from, that boat was dilapidated. Yeah, <laughs> but coming from his background, you know, he's got this sort of production experience uh, yeah. with music videos and stuff like that that I'm sure bled through a little bit. For sure. It's, it's, it's fucking incredible. Um... We get some weird weapon usage out of here, like a fucking like, lawn, like I don't even know what that thing was that he was hitting him with, but it's like, like a lawn, like a paneling thing. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, we of course get a ladder out, and Matt is choking Jeff with the ladder and yelling "delete" at him. <laughs> Jeff hits a swanton bomb, but Matt kicks kicks out. And then he puts Matt on top of a ladder wedged between the ropes, and then he does a swanton bomb off a fucking tree. Yeah! And Matt still kicks out of that. And this is the thing, is that, like, part of me feels like the Hardys would have been doing this, whether or not it was recorded. Yeah, this is clearly a match that has already happened. (laughs) Um... Matt grabs a firework and starts shooting at Jeff, who's trying to block it with a trash can lid. Um, Matt runs away, and then this is, this, I know this is your favorite part. Oh, yes, absolutely. T- t- tell me what he says. Uh, <laughs> it's a dilapidated boat! It's a fucking boat that's just laying by the lake, and he screams out, it's a dilapidated boat, which I feel like had to be some kind of ad-lib line or something. Yeah. As he, takes and he just cover hides in this dilapidated boat. And so my favorite thing about this is that it's wrestling sort of, and then the fireworks come out, and it is just something else entirely, but I love it. 
Things I've never seen in a wrestling match before. Fireworks. People jumping off a tree. A dilapidated boat. <laughs> Once he starts shooting the fucking Roman candles at Jeff Hardy and he's blocking them with the trash can lid, this this transcends wrestling. Yes. This is ascended to something much higher than wrestling. <laughs> um, Matt puts Jeff in a sleeper hold and they fall into the lake. Matt comes up without Jeff and he says that Brother Nero has been flushed. And that's when Willow pops out and starts strangling Matt with an umbrella. Oh, that's why you said he was like the penguin. Yeah, because he carries his umbrella around. Yeah. And it's black and white. But then Senior Benjamin tases Willow. Willow <laughs> disappears. Or, or I'm sorry. A, a Willow disappears and then Matt starts looking around and then he just finds him laying on the ground. He pins Willow and the ref counts to the pin. But then Matt takes the mask off, and it turns out to be Senior Benjamin. How the fuck did they pull that clothing switch off so fast? <laughs> Imagine Jeff like trying to take off like Senior Benjamin's clothes and trying to put him into this Willow costume. That is one thing too. I love the like, and I love the fact that it's not played seriously at all. That like they can do things like this just be- just because it's funny, um, and you can have. Senior Benjamin be immediately dressed up as Willow with no explanation. See, there are a few types of wrestling. There are wrestling matches that are funny, but they're not supposed to be. There are wrestling matches that are supposed to be funny, and they're not. And then there's this one. It is supposed (laughs) to be funny, and it is. And that, I cannot say for almost anything other than this. No, yeah, and if Vince McMahon had been behind this, it would have just been farts everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, Vince McMahon I, I brings to mind a very uh, an example of when remember when Donald Trump and Rosie O'Donnell had that like public feud. Wow. Okay. Sorry, you just smacked me way back in time, but yeah, I do. I mean, it was like 2007, which I guess to be fair was like 12 years ago, but um. Yeah, and so Vince McMahon was like, okay, Donald Trump and Rosie O'Donnell are going to wrestle here on Raw. And it was just some guy dressed up like Donald Trump with, like, huge hair and then a woman dressed up like Rosie O'Donnell, and they had a wrestling match. And it was so bad, the crowd started chanting TNA through the whole damn thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel like Vince McMahon, like, could go see a literal, actual clown and be very pleased by it. That's the level I mean, of humor did, that he, that man has. He was a fan of Yerple the Purple Clown. Th- there you go. Yeah, Vince doesn't understand comedy because Vince, as I told you about the other day, just loves fucking farts. He yeah. thinks farts are the shit. See what I did there? Yeah, I do. I do. Nice um, one. Uh, he also thinks that guy puking on command is hilarious, too. Yeah, Vince is a very physical comedy kind of person. Yeah, but he did let this show up on his show, but I think it was because he had no other choice because it became the fucking most popular gimmick in wrestling at the time. Yeah. Um, which I can't say about any other TNA fucking thing, man. Um, so uh, Jeff sneak attacks Matt, knocks him into a dirt pit, chokes him out with a sleeper, and he climbs up that that Hardy symbol, and 
he and then Matt is like having these weird flashbacks of the birthday candle. He takes out Maxwell's birthday candle and lights the the like big wooden symbol on fire, causing Jeff to fall down, and then he pins him for the win. Which I have to say was a little bit of a dumb ending. Because Okay, but I love the idea that the birthday candle has been lit this whole time and Matt's just <laughs> carrying it around with him. Chekhov's birthday candle. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was fucking great, and I guess Jeff's deleted now. Um, an incredible, an incredible thing that, like, is, you know, people talk about historical moments in wrestling, and if you had, like, a wrestling timeline, you'd probably see Hogan slamming Andre, um, Austin 316, uh, Hogan versus rock and then you'd see fucking the final deletion (laughs) that's that's uh that's your 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 like wrestling timeline there um so i added a few things in here because i noticed originally i was just going to do this and go straight to delete versus decay but then i saw that there was this aftermath segment and i had to see it well it's very important because we get information about skarsgård Yes, it is very important. Yeah. First, Jeff wakes up after having a dream that his face is being taped up, which I don't really know what that was supposed to be. Uh, We also get some of the best lines are in this thing. (laughs) Matt is thinking his boat. He says, you are so much more than a dilapidated boat. And he names it Skarsgård. He paddles the boat out into the middle of the lake to dispose of the remains of the vanquished brother Nero. Uh, Vanguard 1 brings Jeff's t-shirt out to Matt so he can dump that into the river. Then we go to the Hardy Cinema, where he's inviting a bunch of people to celebrate the deletion of Brother Nero. Rebby and Max will come down on a fire pole, and they show a screening of the final deletion as Matt laughs maniacally. He screams, I just deleted your ass. I think... Okay, I there are just, like, big similarities. I, I pointed out later, but I think it can be mentioned now. Between this and the works of David Lynch, like Twin Peaks, because you just have weird things that are there that no one ever explains. Like the fire pole in the cinema. What? Yeah. And also, is the Hardy House just like that? Because that's really fun if it is. Maybe. I mean, if you're like, I imagine Matt Hardy's pretty well off. He can do random shit like put a fire pole in his house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, This whole crowd is chanting delete. Then we cut to them having dinner, and I'm just going to throw out some lines, if you will. (laughs) Okay, go for it. My belly box feels broken. I need food. (laughs) Can I have some shrimp sauced in cocktail? And then this exchange between Matt and the waitress. A libation, por favor. I'm not Spanish. I'm Romanian. Wonderful! (laughs) His reaction to I'm not Spanish, I'm Romanian is just wonderful. Wonderful. Um, why do we not have green beans? They are a delicacy. Prepare them. (laughs) Post-haste. This is so great. Why the fuck is he saying these lines? Who came up with this? I don't like, know. This is a fucking but... fever dream of a of a segment. 
It is. It is a fever dream of a segment. Absolutely. It's like someone who was, like, random in high school wrote this. Yeah, but But also this manages to somehow be actually funny. Um... Matt starts screaming delete, and I love how, like, his little butler guy is, like, is, like, writing delete, but is just, like, underlining it over and over again. <laughs> oh, my God, this is so good. Um, so, eventually, Jeff Hardy is gonna, is gonna become broken himself, and he becomes Brother Nero. He, like, puts these contacts in that make him look like he has no pupils. Uh... And he starts saying things like, obsolete, obsolete. Yeah. Um, and they end up uh, doing a rivalry with this team called Decay. And Decay is um, uh, the team of Abyss, who we, we saw in our, in our TNA uh, Unbreakable episode. Uh, originally, he was like that guy with a mask and chains. He was basically like TNA's version of Kane. Oh, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, okay. But wow. he's kind of taking on a different gimmick where he's like a lot more fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's yeah, he's him much cooler and here. Crazy Steve and uh, and Rosemary are this team of just fucking weirdos um, who are just been fucking with the Hardys. Uh. Apparently in uh, – well, first of all, we start with Senior Benjamin giving us a content warning where he says no animals were harmed in the documentation of this invasion, <laughs> which I wouldn't have thought. I mean, there are animals involved, but they don't like getting – well, okay, to be fair, Jeff Hardy does fight a kangaroo. Well, quote-unquote fight a kangaroo. Um, I, they show a quick recap of last week where Rosemary has come inside their home and throws a fake baby off the balcony. How'd you fall for that, Rebby? It was your <laughs> own thing. Fake baby's uh, oldest Ma- trick in the book. Maxwell is safe because Senior Benjamin actually has him. I love all this, like, fake, like, misdirection where it's like, oh, actually, it was blank the whole time, and it, like, barely fits into continuity. Yeah, Like, Senior yeah. Benjamin being Willow, even though he clearly could not have been. <laughs> Um, uh, Rebby tells Senior Benjamin to prepare the battlefield, and he starts digging a, de- a grave for decay. Matt rallies the troops. Uh, this is what a what a sweet, wholesome family. Matt, Jeff, Rebby, Senior Benjamin, Maxel, and Vanguard One, and Scarsguard, and Scarsguard. Yes. Um, they're at a zoo preparing for their battle. <laughs> George Washington is a giraffe. Yeah, because, okay, Matt Hardy is saying that he comes to the zoo because all of the animals are reincarnated spirits that he could talk to. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah, yeah, that's why he keeps referring to himself as a vessel and all of that. It's supposed to be okay. that. Yeah. And I suppose that's why the giraffe is named George Washington? Yes, that is, uh, he, Matt Hardy is saying that that is the actual George Washington that he comes here to consult with. Okay, so I, I so I have to it, I, I'm imagining them pitching this to the, whatever zoo this is and be like, hey, can we come here and film something? Oh, you guys are filming a movie about the zoo? No, 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 no. This is a wrestling segment. Oh, okay. You guys are gonna have a wrestling match here? No, 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 no. One of our wrestlers is going to talk to your animals because he believes that they he believes that your giraffe is <laughs> George Washington, the, the embodiment of America's first president. 
Okay, but I do like the spot monkeys with, like, they do not have old souls because they are spot monkeys. But they do all have names. With what a spot monkey is? Huh? Are you familiar with what a spot monkey is? I'm not. It's a wrestling term that refers to someone, like, it's a negative term given to, like, wrestlers that do a lot of spot like high spots, like jumping off of shit, and like, ah, but don't so do an actual like. A when lot of someone call like a lot of people would call Jeff Hardy a spot monkey, and he makes a joke about that. He calls Jeff a recovering spot monkey. <laughs> but yeah, he has names for all the monkeys. Uh, like my favorite being DJ Z. Yeah, so I guess the monkeys are not reincarnated. No, that's yeah, that's what he says. Is that they they are not reincarnated. Are they do not have old souls because they are spot monkeys. Uh, the kangaroo is apparently reincarnated Joe Frazier, which I think Joe Frazier is still alive. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. Um, so Jeff is going to box a kangaroo. Um, I don't have more to say about that than well, Jeff is going to box a kangaroo. He doesn't, he doesn't like actually hurt the kangaroo or anything. The kangaroo basically just hugs him while Matt yells, yes, yes, yes. Yes, as Senior Benjamin said, and we can all trust Senior Benjamin because he would never lie, and he is a great, great, great man. No animals were harmed in the making of this of this fucking. My favorite part about it, though, is that when the when the kangaroo because the, at first he sort of does that to Jeff, then he does it to Matt, and Matt's sort of walking around while it's grabbing onto him, just going yes, yes. I feel like some of this stuff they're like, hey, you guys want to want to cut that. And they're like, nah, let's keep it. <laughs> like, surely. Some of this stuff they had to think about getting rid of, but they're like, no, no, it's funnier if we leave it in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so now we're going to cut to some guy getting into his car after leaving a liquor store, but he appears to be drunk anyway. So first of all, he's drunk even though he's going to a liquor store now. Second of all, don't show people driving drunk that's a bad that's a bad thing to show yeah um he starts driving and he passes rosemary well, walking down the street when he turns oh, the oh, radio sorry, on yes, there is a, an important thing yes so uh, also okay so when matt hardy goes out in his boat in the aftermath of final deletion uh in the pines is playing and so that becomes the theme sort of uh but when this guy gets into his car, he turns the radio on, and you can hear 1979 by the Smashing Pumpkins playing, and he gets this look on his face like, ugh, and then changes the station to In the Pines, and it's very funny, because Billy Corgan, of course, being the frontman for the Smashing Pumpkins, is now a writer for TNA. I, yes, I didn't, I mean, I caught that it was 1979, and my thought was, well, how'd they get the rights to use that here? <laughs> but I didn't, I forgot about Billy Corgan being in TNA. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot about that. Um, so uh, the guy's driving. He passes Rosemary, who's like, this team is like basically like zombies, I guess. I don't know. She's walking down the street, and he creepily asks her for a ride. And that's when Abyss and Crazy Steve show up. Fucking what kind of name is Crazy Steve? <laughs> it's like they named these guys. They're like, okay, you're going to be Abyss. You're going to be Rosemary. And you're going to be fucking crazy Steve. 
I like well, I like the idea that originally it's like, and you're gonna be the darkness, and then he's like, uh, mm, no, that one doesn't really. I don't really think that one fits thematically with the others. I think could you just just call me Crazy Steve? Crazy Steve, it is then. So they steal his truck, um, and then they they. Uh, I wonder what they listen to on the way. <laughs> Probably uh, a podcast, NPR. <laughs> Um, they show up at the Hardy compound where Senior Benjamin is there, and they ask what he's doing, and he says, I'm digging your graves. <laughs> Once again, in Spanish with that fucking dry wit, man. Uh. It's so good. He flips over the shovel and then reveals the word delete written on it, and he smiles, and it's so funny. Yeah, it's the, it's maybe the dumbest thing in this video, and I love it. I, I guess their goal is to kidnap this child. Because that's what they're trying to do, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but then Matt Hardy just appears and goes, Decay, I knew you'd come. <laughs> what a, what, I think it's so funny that he's like, I knew you'd come. And it's like, yeah, we know that you knew they would come. You set up this, like, match. <laughs> like, we know you knew. That's the whole point. Uh, well, then Matt, Jeff, and Rebby start shooting fireworks at Decay, and despite these guys being monsters, they are afraid of fireworks. Hey, man, Frankensteins are always afraid of fire. Ah, it's true. Uh, Matt tells Rebby to run to the, to the, return to the abode to protect Maxwell. They eventually chase Decay to Skarsgård, which Decay uses as a shield. Um, Abyss tells Steve and Rosemary to get to the house, and Jeff dropkicks the boat into the water. Uh, Senior Benjamin drags the boat back to shore, but then that's when Chris Parks, who is the real guy who plays Abyss, shows up just wearing a suit, and he's like, where's Abyss? Oh, okay. I did not understand what was going on there. Yeah. It would be like if if Kane got set on fire and then came back as Glenn Jacobs the mayor. <laughs> yeah, I... Okay, yeah, because he shows up, and he's like, uh, where's Abyss? And he's like, you're Senior Benjamin. I love you in the final deletion. Yeah, that's that's Chris Parks. It's Abyss. It's Abyss's real, pers- real human persona. Gotcha. Um, but Senior Benjamin just tases him and puts him in a bulldozer. Okay, you say he tases him. You don't actually see the taser. He just reaches out to shake his hand, and then he starts violently shaking as if he's being electrocuted. So, oh, so he's got, like, one of those, like, those prank buzzers on his hand. Or possibly superpowers, and we just don't know the answer to that. If anyone's got su- got superpowers, it is Senior Benjamin. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Jeff and Crazy Steve fight at a pool, and, uh... They like Jeff starts choking him underwater. Um, and I think it's really cool. Like Jeff will get out, and Steve pulls him back in. Um, Senior Benjamin drops Abyss off in a grave and thinks he's buried him, but Abyss comes back up in his full decay garb. These, these clothing changes. How are they happening? <laughs> um, they uh, they um. Abyss starts beating up Matt now, and he's about to hit him with this bat full of nails. But Jeff pushes Matt out of the way, and he gets hit instead. And he sells it like he's like he killed him. Yeah, yeah. Like, and Matt, it's like, 
no! And then Jeff is, like, bleeding from the gut, and, like, it's ridiculous. Um, which, I mean, hey, they do crazy shit, like, hitting people with barbed wire bats and shit. Like, if you get hit with a bat full of nails, you probably should sell it like that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, and Matt says, Brother Nero, that was so unselfish, which... (laughs) Is like, you know, there's already a word for it. It's called selfless. <laughs> uh, Vanguard 1 starts shooting rockets, which apparently it has. Yeah, no, that was just... I, I lost my shit when Vanguard 1 started shooting, and it, started shooting rockets. And it lights the Hardy symbol on fire around them. Which is hilarious because, okay, it lights the Hardy symbol on fire around them, but the symbol, the fire is like... You know, less than a foot high. It's extremely small fire. But they're all trapped inside of it, because apparently they can't step over the fire. Yeah, I, it's, it's so stupid. It's not like it's, like, it's a very tiny fire. Yeah, you can easily stomp it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, back inside the house, uh, Rebby is inexplicably knocked out, and Rosemary is kidnapping Maxwell. Vanguard 1 tries to stop her, but she spits poison mist at it to cause it to malfunction. Somehow she just loses Maxel, and uh, Matt says she's crossed the line. And this fucking shit... (laughs) Rosemary spits poison mist at Matt, and he just sucks it into his own mouth and spits it back (laughs) at her. Um, Oh my god, it's it's so good. Matt celebrates with Rebby and Maxwell, but Decay have kidnapped Jeff or kidnapped Senior Benjamin, and Jeff is uh, obviously injured. Um, so I again had to add this deleter Decay aftermath thing because I had to see how how uh, how these guys were going to make it out of here. Yeah, because we, at this point we have really the entire Hardy uh, family has been destroyed, and this yes. is going to be all about putting them back together. Uh. It, he wheels Jeff in a wheelchair, which he got hit in the stomach. I don't know why he needs I'm a sorry, wheelchair. I'm sorry, a what? Oh, a chair of wheels. <laughs> I uh, will lift you out of this chair of wheels. Um, he puts him into the lake of reincarnation. He comes back up wearing a shirt and tie and a championship belt, and he says, the champ is back. You can't see me. <laughs> which is some sort of weird shot at John Cena. Um, he ducks him again, and he's full-fledged brother Nero. Um, uh, and, and so, so Jeff's back, uh, and we now have to rescue Vanguard 1, but Vanguard 1 is, is dead, apparently. And Matt cries out in pure anguish. <laughs> yes, Matt is, I mean, I was, t- I too was emotional about Vanguard 1. Did you cry about Vanguard 1? I did. Uh, I guess we gotta have Vanguard 2. No! Because we're going to pray to the seven deities. Vanguard, Vanguard, Vanguard 2, Return of Jafar? Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt asks the seven deities to put the essence he deleted from Brother Nero into Vanguard 1. So Vanguard 1 is back, reincarnated. He sends it off to find Senior Benjamin, which he does, and he's tied up with decay written on his forehead. And Matt rescues him and sends him home to recover as he says a great war is coming at Bound for Glory. Man, I just, it, it, it's very rare 
that you're able to do this kind of thing again and have it work so well, you know? Yeah. Like, I could totally see this being a flop after the final deletion, but it's not. It's really good. Yeah. I, I'm personally a fan of the original, but I think uh, I think this one is also really good. Oh, the original's always going to be the best, but it, you know, these are also very, very good as well. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I, I, it's, it's definitely a, uh, a judgment day. Yes, yes. Um, so, throughout their time in TNA, they're going to be really successful. They're going to pick up the uh, TNA World Tag Team Championships, uh, the, the Hardys, that is. Oh, um, I'm sorry. There's something I forgot to talk about with Vanguard 1 that I just need to. Oh, please, please do. Whenever he's being reincarnated, he's having flashbacks to Vanguard 1's memories as Vanguard 1 is in wand-keeping mode with Senior Benjamin and is, like, flying over leaves to blow them off of the sidewalk and f- flying over shrubs to clip them with his propellers and it's played like super emotional and it's just so funny there's so much to love and so much to talk about i mean we could do a whole podcast on this i think i agree um they are eventually going to leave tna um in uh Ooh. In uh, 2016, towards the end of 2016, they're gonna they're gonna leave TNA. And they're gonna show up in Ring of Honor. I, I didn't put any of the Ring of Honor stuff in here just because there wasn't really any huge moments in Ring of Honor. But they do win the Ring of Honor um, World Tag Team Championships, um, and they keep their they keep their Broken Hardys gimmick. Although there is a lot of legal drama because TNA claims you know to own the rights to this gimmick. Um, they do use it. They even bring out drones and they do their delete stuff, but they don't, you know, they don't do any of their, you know, final deletion kind of stuff. So they, it's toned down a little bit. Um, and then they're going to return to WWE at WrestleMania 33. They're going to make a surprise appearance in a ladder match for the raw tag team championship and win. Um, which means they're the only, tag team to win the TNA, ROH, and WWE Tag Team Championship all within one calendar year, which I think is wow. a pretty cool feat. Yeah. Um, and the only thing about it is when they're in WWE, they have little bitty references to the to the broken gimmick, but for the most part, they're not broken. I mean, Matt still has a streak in his hair, uh, and when they come out, they do the delete stuff, and they chant delete, but... In promos and stuff, Matt Hardy's still talking with the same vo- with his normal voice. They're not really leaning in on. They're not calling him Jeff, brother Nero, because of this whole legal dispute, um, where they WWE. I think maybe WWE was a little bit hesitant to bring a TNA gimmick on their air, but I mean they couldn't ignore it when like the whole crowd is chanting "delete, delete, delete." Right. Um, there's really nothing to to do. So TNA ends up changing a policy they have and uh, and allows talent to retain complete ownership of their intellectual property, uh, which ends up forfeiting their ownership of the broken Hardy character. Um, so in January 2018, Matt Hardy legally acquires ownership to Broken Matt, Broke Brother Nero, Broken Brilliant, and Vanguard One. Uh, so all of that broken gimmick stuff, he now has the rights to. Which I'm glad. I think it's fucking stupid when 
They try to own gimmicks. It's why, like, the Dudley boys spent a good chunk of their career as Team 3D because they couldn't be called the Dudley boys. Yeah, yeah. No, and, like, really the wrestlers are the ones making these and, and making them work, so they should belong to the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was listening to another podcast recently that was kind of interesting about The Rock. You know, The Rock goes by Dwayne Johnson now. And part of the reason for that is because WWE would get a, a lot of his uh, commission uh, because he would go by The Rock, and The Rock is their Oh, wow. Because remember, he used to just go by The Rock in yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. And then he became Dwayne The Rock Johnson, now he's just Dwayne Johnson. And in fact, and I remember this a little bit, is uh, Vince McMahon would appear as an executive producer on all of The Rock's movies. Oh my god, that is uh, garbage. So yeah, he would eventually drop that. Uh, but yeah, I just I thought that was always always interesting how how that works, especially when it's shit like you know their own fucking name or like the Dudleys who were they they were the Dudleys in ECW, so they were the Dudleys before WWE even they were even in WWE. Right, right. Or it's always awkward having people go to TNA and having to like come up with some. Weird, like like when Christian was in TNA, he was Christian Cage. Yeah, when you've got to create like a Dollar General version of yourself. Exactly, like uh, like Road Dog becomes BG James, or or Billy Gunn becomes Kip James. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's never been my favorite. Um, so anyway, uh, eventually, uh. The broken character is going to appear in WWE as Woken Matt Hardy. Um, he ends up starting a uh, a storyline with Bray Wyatt, who Bray Wyatt is, is a very similar character. His whole gimmick is he's like this cult leader uh, he of the Wyatt family, and he's always had these like creepy vignettes where he's like in a rocking chair, and he, his like followers wear like sheep masks and stuff like that. He talks to Sister Abigail. So they're the perfect story to go together. Right, right. The I, My understanding is that Bray Wyatt is currently, like, the weirdest thing the WWE has going on. So, yeah, perfect yeah, to put this with that. So. Um, so Bray Wyatt is talking about Matt Hardy, and Matt keeps cutting into the feed, and he's doing his really crazy laugh. Um, and they're both going back and forth and saying complete nonsense. Um, and Matt says, thanks to the consumer of terrestrial entities, I have become woken. Yeah, so here, uh, just to, my understanding, and it's hard to understand, is that Matt had, Matt's soul within him, inside the vessel that is Matt Hardy, has woken up, and that is why he is now woken, Matt Hardy. Yeah, I think. Sure, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> um, so we're gonna go to the ultimate deletion, which is—it's so wild that this is basically a continuation of a of a TNA storyline, and it's yeah. very much—I mean, because it's weird to think about. I mean, we're seeing the exact same arena that they wrestled at on TNA. It's it's probably the closest crossover you really get, because uh, you know we're not going to see. It's almost like they took a TNA ring and put it in WWE. Uh, yeah, and we have you know characters that solely appeared in TNA, 
And WWE is relying on their audience knowing all this TNA stuff. Knowing like all of this Benjamin, lore. Yeah. Senior Benjamin and, Re- and Rebby Hardy, who are complete TNA crossovers. And, yeah. and But the thing is, I think they know because they, like the fans are chanting, delete, delete. It's the most popular storyline in wrestling at the time. So to to try to explain it or try to act like it's some new thing would be silly. It would make them look dumb. Right, right. Um, so uh, Rebby is playing piano, which summons Bray Wyatt because they always have to have to summon them with music. Uh, Vanguard One is there, shows up to welcome Bray. Um, they start wrestling, and, and Bray says, knocks Matt down. And he says, where are my manners? I forgot to leave a housewarming gift. But that doesn't make sense, because don't you get someone a housewarming gift when they first move in? I, I'm i under the impression that Matt Hardy's lived here for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, Wyatt gets a chair from under the ring, but then fireworks start going off. Um, and Matt hits Bray with a chair, knocks him out of the ring. Yes, I and like... the, the fireworks are not aimed at Bray in this scenario as they have they been in the past. surprise him. But they complete—they're just shooting in the air. But they completely throw him off. I like that we start fighting around the Hardy compound, and they start like telling us what these different locations are, like dilapidated city. Yeah, it'll pop up at the bottom of the screen, like like in a movie. Whenever they, uh, you know, have an establishing shot, and then the name yeah. of the place at the bottom. So, like, we're there in front of this, uh, what looks like an abandoned shack or cabin, and it's just dilapidated city. (laughs) Matt asks if this area reminds Bray of anything. He kneels down at the shed, and we see flashbacks of, like, Bray's initial debut vignettes. He starts beating him up with a kendo stick. And next we move to the land of obsolete men, which is like the grave site where we buried Decay. And... (laughs) Bray is chasing Matt around, like, Scooby-Doo style. <laughs> yeah, as Matt pops out behind Gray, uh, well, I hesitate to call them gravestones. These big, hardy symbols that are uh, planted in the yard. And he'll pop up behind one, and then Bray will come over and hit it, and then Matt will pop out behind another. Yeah, and it's like upbeat music is playing, like it's like... Very Benny Hill, Scooby-Doo, slapstick kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like Matt's like walking from one grave and then appearing out of the other, like Scooby Doo would like go into one door and appear from out of another. Right, right. It's silly but great. Um, but we go into that like indoor ring, uh, which is the Doom of Deletion, apparently. Yes. The, um. Uh, wait, wait. The Doom of Deletion, or was it the Dome of Deletion? I thought Dome, but it might that have been. makes more sense if it was the Dome of Deletion. Uh, um, and then Matt has a really hard choice to make. Chair of wheels, mower of lawn. Chair of wheels, mower of lawn. Chair of wheels, mower of lawn. So Matt tries to run Bray Wyatt over with a lawnmower, but Bray gets up and slams his face into the top of the lawnmower and burns him on the hot engine um we go back outside and bray throws matt into the lake of reincarnation matt pleads for help from skarsgård his dilapidated friend um 
Wyatt is about to hit the sister Abigail on the boat when Vanguard 1 interrupts him. Wyatt grabs the drone and laughs at it, but he just throws it away. <laughs> he'll deal with him later. I'll deal with you later. <laughs> and then Bray picks up Skarsgård and Senior Benjamin is underneath it. Man, Senior Benjamin always coming in clutch. Yeah, for real. And then this fucking shit, man, is the silliest thing in the world. Yeah, it's so dumb. Tell us what happens. <laughs> okay, to the best of my recollection, which again, there's so much going on in these videos, it can be hard, it can be easy to miss things. I believe that Jeff Hardy throws a globe. It's it's Senior Benjamin throws the globe first. Okay, yeah, Senior Benjamin throws a globe at uh, Bray Wyatt and <laughs> says he's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> And then Jeff Hardy throws him a globe and says, he's got the whole wide world in his hands. They're, they're singing the Jesus song. Yeah. It's so, it's, what is going on? And it's totally un, well, I don't even know why. It's such a, like, such a non sequitur, but whatever. And then Matt hits the twist of fate and pins Bray Wyatt. <laughs> uh, he throws him into the lake of reincarnation, which I feel like, don't throw him into the lake of reincarnation because that's going to bring him back. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, Senior ben- he said he asked Senior Benjamin to retrieve Wyatt's carcass, but Senior Benjamin can't find him. Matt says, "Delightful! The Great War is over. Bray Wyatt has been deleted." Oh um, man, just what a time this this video series is. There uh, yeah, and, and I think they're perfect for people who may find wrestling slow or or may you know it's one of the first things I ever saw. It's one of the first things you ever showed me. Um, yeah, and it's absolutely great for dipping your toes into wrestling um, in a fun way. Yeah. Uh, after this, uh, Bray Wyatt is not going to show back up until that year's WrestleMania. Um, he's going to make a surprise return and help Matt Hardy win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And then from there, they're going to become a tag team and win the tag team championships. So they put them together as a team, which I think is a great decision because they're so fucking wild. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and they become called the Deleters of Worlds. So do you, any Ray word White on what Vanguard 1's been up to? What's that? Is there any word on what Vanguard 1 has been up to? I don't know. I don't know if Vanguard 1's been around for a while. Vanguard 1's my favorite just because, okay, and I, I forgot to mention it when it came up uh, because I, I think I forgot to take notes on it. But I think it's in Deleter Decay where Rebby is talking to Vanguard 1 and Vanguard 1 is just like making buzz noises and there's subtitles at the bottom and she's acting like she can understand him. <laughs> it's so good. I don't uh, I don't think Vanguard One has made an appearance in a while. Um But yeah, man, this is uh the best. Just really, really great. I, I would say the best modern wrestling out there. Yeah. Uh so if you wanna check this out, go right for it. It's not like anything you've ever seen before. It's very goofy, so come into it with an open mind. Uh and it's absolutely on YouTube. Um, so you can find the whole thing on YouTube, so that's that's nice. Yeah, 
Um, but yeah, what uh, what what are what are your thoughts? What was your what was your favorite of these? Uh, uh the original, of course, just because it was, you know, kind of slapped me out of nowhere. I didn't expect it, um, mm-hmm. and it's just so good. The others are fantastic as well. It, they're all very very good. Um, yeah. But I'd probably say Deleter Decay is a little... I like Deleter Decay probably a little bit more than Ultimate Deletion. I don't know. Same. I agree. Ultimate Deletion was a little bit too... It didn't give me enough new stuff, really. Right. It was sort of retreading old ground. But, like, the zoo scene in Deleter Decay, which is completely removed from everything else and is a complete non-sequitur, is amazing. Yeah. Um, well, that's going to about do it for this week. Um, want to thank you so much again for listening along with us again, go, go watch, uh, any of this broken hearty stuff. You, uh, you won't regret it. Uh, it'll definitely give you a, a big, a big old, big old laugh. Um, in, uh, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about, we're going to switch gears a little bit and go back to doing a show. I wanted to do this because you know we talked about ECW uh, in one of our shows. We've talked about it a lot, so I want to see how look into how WWE treated ECW uh, when they kind of relaunched it. Now I'm gonna we're gonna be talking about their first out their first try at it, which was much better than their their future tries. But WWE will bring back ECW. Uh, in what they called One Night Stand 2005, a, a reunion show of sorts for Extreme Championship Wrestling. So we're going to look at that, and then uh, and then after that we'll talk about how TNA handled their ECW reunion show and, and do a little compare and contrast. So Interesting. We'll be talking about that. Uh, and then you, of course, can keep up with us 24-7 on Twitter, at TurnbuckleTrain. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you find your podcast. Leave us a review and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Thanks for listening. It's me, Austin. The numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you and sacrifice. Son of a bitch. I did it for the love. Get ready for the bonkerest event of the summer. A Three Big Dudes production. Starring me, Professional Toe Sucker. No, we won't talk about that, but we will talk about Waluigi, Dog with a Blog, the similarities between Alf and Cousin Skeeter, and of course, the Slither. It's Feud Fight, where we take the wild questions most people won't touch and give our scalding hot takes. And I also say terrible things that could loosely be considered word crimes, just to keep things a little spicy. Every Monday, wherever you find your podcasts.